Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. People pleasing. Are you a people pleaser? Do you know a people pleaser? Are you a secret people pleaser, but you're just not admitting to it? What is the biggest problem or problems associated with people pleasing? Well, that's our topic for today. And being a recovering people pleaser myself, and Anka has already confessed to that on another podcast. So uh, you are talking to two, you know, it's almost like it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. We ought to stand up in the room and go, Hello, my name is Angela and I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and I think it's it could well be a woman thing. I don't know. I'm not going to generalise, but it really, that whole good girl, the people pleaser, making sure that you keep everybody happy. I mean, you know, I just came on to doing these uh, with you today. And I came from, I came from running downstairs after a full day of calls, onboarding some new people, doing some great client work, finding some new topics and you know and creating an offer for somebody and and just all of that really deep creative work that you almost need to kind of sit down with a cup of tea for half an hour afterwards except I didn't because I'm insane and what I did do was I went down into the kitchen because it was six o'clock and I needed to feed the dog and then my daughter was home from school and my husband was there and before I know it I'm cooking three separate meals kicking the dog bowl over with the water at the same time you know, and trying to clean it up while time the cooking of three separate meals. And let's not forget, make a cake ready for tomorrow morning so that my daughter can smear it with Nutella chocolate and have her breakfast. So this is called Insanity. And you are looking at or listening to Insanity on Legs, the podcast. <laughs> because it, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't hit me until I kick the dog's water bowl over that I just stop for a moment going, this isn't martyrdom and resourcefulness. This is insanity. You know, I just couldn't see, you know, excuse me to the men who might be listening to this, but I don't see many successful men in business who are actually trying to juggle three eggs a cake mixing bowl the dog and you know client work at the same time but you know the woman the people pleaser the person who grew up having to try and you know make sure that everybody was taken care of before herself is just keeps rearing her ugly head and it just has such a detrimental effect on me personally and then before I know it it's starting to take effect in the business. I'm not as focused or I'm struggling or I've dropped the ball somewhere. So that's my insane game. What's yours, Anka? Yeah, no, mine is, um, I'm, I'm the same, like definitely recovering. Sometimes sometimes I get a little cocky and say recovered. <laughs> and then I do stuff that I'm like, no, I'm 
certainly recovered, but probably a little bit, bit, bit too ambitious. But um, what I find, I say yes to stuff that I should say no to, right? And I kind of, and not even, not necessarily even resentfully. That's that what that's what makes it hard for me, right? Because um, I, I like the best examples of that I had in my in my sewing business because. I would be the person who would get excited when a client would come and say, hey, you know, like, look, I've got this red silk, you know, or we had the, the black lace, look what we can make with it. And I go, oh my God, that's so exciting. Like, you know, like, and I'd get swept away with the excitement, right? And then, oh my God, I'm so excited. When can I have the dress? When can we do the fitting, right? And my little people, Lisa, would go, oh, how about Friday? You know? And she goes, oh, my God, that's amazing, right? And then she walks away. I call down. I look at my calendar go, oh, I've got, like, 50 million other things that I've promised by Friday, right? <laughs> and the thing is, so there we go, all nighter, right? Because then, obviously, people, please, won't call the client and say, hey, I messed up. <laughs> that's the piece where I've improved. I definitely have to say that I have improved on that front, you know, because I wouldn't then call the client and say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. Can we make it Monday? Right now, I'll do that, you know, but then I wouldn't. So I just work through the night, right? And that's exhausting. It's just like you with, like, oh, yeah, now you do all the 50 million things together. I'll say yes to stuff in the moment of, you know, where I'm like, well, I really have to catch myself because that's the thing. It's not because anybody puts pressure on, it's like it's me usually. But there's a part of like, oh, if I tell her Friday, she'll be happy. And if I tell her it'll be next Wednesday, that's the part. Ooh, she'll be disappointed. But that's, as I found out, that's usually just my own imagination, right? Because people aren't always happier if it's a Friday rather than the following Wednesday. But I, for a long time, really thought that I couldn't afford to tell them something that was kind of like, ooh, that would not be <laughs> what they're hoping for. So they'd be disappointed. And then I not be the good girl i disappoint i let them down and then i go down my rabbit hole of abandonment right so i think this is a real um yeah it's a real trigger you know and i think it can send us down but i think the biggest problem with it is that we don't stop long enough to take care of ourselves you know and you can't pour from an empty cup and when you're burned out and when you're exhausted and that's the thing when you always operate in this like yeah i'm currently rather exhausted because <laughs> you know i've taken on something that takes a lot longer than i expected um and you notice it like you're you're kind of slow when you're exhausted when you're sleep deprived and so you really don't do yourself a favor if you operate from that space i think that at the job is to recognize it to know yourself well enough to break i noticed the i noticed it on the weekend that you know, that little nervous undercurrent that I can feel in the, in the pit of my stomach, right? It's like, oh, it's a familiar sensation and I don't like it, <laughs> you know? And I think to, to recognize and pull yourself out before you go down, you know, that, that, that rabbit hole of exhaustion is <laughs> definitely a good idea. Well, I've just been, I was just thinking of the first, the first times when I really started to notice this. This was when I was running my singing business. So we're talking where are we now 23 24 were I, I mean it's like 2000 and maybe 15 or something like that 15 I think 
and I had a singing student and he was having his lessons paid by his friend and what uh, and this is how the people pleasing turned up about this lack of self-care and, and I just really didn't see it as a lack of self-love you know I, I really didn't see it as as that until for a long time but he I, I remember my whole goal was to just keep trying to motivate people all of the time one because it kept them coming back you know um and number two because genuinely I could see the potential in people and so this thing around people pleasing was also this rescue tendency in me trying to fix something all of the time because if I fixed it people would love me and they'd be happy with me and it's just another version of the same old banana really but um so I remember him sitting across the table from me and it was like he'd slapped me in the face with the truth and I really needed to hear it. And he said, he, said, he was joking, he said, gosh, Angela, he said, um, I think you want this more than I do. And I literally just, just, it was truth. It was literally like the truth just struck me in the face because right behind all of that, you know, all of that resourcefulness. And I think it's worked, you know, the things that I think are almost like shadow and light about people pleasing. It's like, I'm a hugely resourceful person. Like give me like, I don't know, one pepper, a cucumber and a moldy piece of cheese in the fridge. And I will create a, a meal out of it for three. I just seem to work really well when there's not a lot around and I have to get quite creative. I enjoy creativity. I enjoy finding that creativity. And yet, at the same time, when I'm creating situations so that I can be needed for that, and I listen to a podcast, I'll have to, we'll have to do a podcast on it. Um, but it was a podcast and, and it was about um, the, uh, the areas that really entrepreneurs fail, really failing. And one of them was around needing to be in control. And the one that I just, I can't even remember the rest of the podcast because this is the one that stuck in my mind was the, the, the need to be needed. Or and I think another one was the need for everybody to think well of you and how these areas are almost like trauma. Um, you know, and we'll also link that the, one of the podcasts we've had around Dawn around trauma in your business, et cetera, and how we're operating that. And people pleasing comes from those those places of needing to be needed needing to be in control needing for everybody to like us needing to you know and there is comes a point I think it just it's just as you say like still rears its ugly head for me and I start and I'm starting to notice it and I think the key to actually I couldn't change it first of all because I used to get so angry with myself and I would be so mad well first of all actually with the whole thing about people pleasing first of all I was rather proud of the fact that I could just behave like a a martyr or that I could actually juggle three saucepans and a client almost in the same hand as it were I used to think what what an amazing human being I was right mm -hmm. before I realized it was insanity on legs but it, it just it took such a long time for me to actually realize that that me pushing myself to that level wasn't proving how good I was it was it was it was proving the point and I couldn't yet see it and I, I think, you know, for us, you and I were both about sort of like the anti-hustle way to, to do this. Uh, um, and I've had conversations almost with people with the metaphor about the hare and the tortoise. 
you know, uh, and this idea that everything has to be bigger and faster and, and the idea that, the, you know, we have to keep the client right, customer right all the time. And that is a kind of truth, really, because the customer always thinks that they're right and they need to be right in their own eyes. But what we do to facilitate the truth or the helpfulness to people, particularly if we're in a service-based business and coaching and consultant, we've got to be able to tell ourselves the truth if we're going to tell somebody else the truth, you know, to, to actually to do that. I spoke to somebody today and I was really honest with this person about where they were with their messaging and what was a bit of a pointless operation until they got, you know, A sorted or B sorted. And he he literally emailed me afterwards and he said, thank you for being so transparent and honest. I told him about our prices. I told him about where we were, you know, and I knew he didn't have, He, you know, he was actually from a, a country where probably our prices translated into their currency was just too difficult. So I had a load of free stuff to, to give him willingly, but he thanked me because we he was at that point where if I'd have tried to do my old people pleasing, I'd have gone way over the 30 minutes that, you know, in fact, we had an hour booked and I stopped it at 30 minutes. And that's a real thing for me. Like it's, that's a totally new way of operating for me because I wasn't trying to please him and I wasn't trying to keep him happy. I was just giving him the truth of where it was. And it's taken and it's taking such a lot for me to overcome those people pleasing tendencies in order to be really the type of person that is transparent and authentic and honest with people because I think otherwise you can't grow you just can't you can't grow yourself you can't look after yourself and you certainly are going to end up ultimately letting yourself down and everybody else down you know as much your judgment or not that we put on it, it it's just such a it's such a road to nowhere but it takes such a long time to it takes a long time for you to what well, took a long time for me to acknowledge that actually it wasn't a trait to be celebrated it was something to be um to be seen and to be and to almost like wrap my arms around myself like a virtual self hug without any judgment and criticism and simply almost start to say look we don't need to operate like that anymore time to move on and you have to do it with such love and and wise you'd be back around the circle because you feel so bad i think you, you've just hit on on the key piece there i mean i had to laugh when you were saying yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword right like i relate to that you know this like when i spent when, when i was sewing business and i'd see like 50 dresses on that stage and think like i've sewn every single scene and ev i've i've made every edge of every ruffle of every like you know like the the sheer magnitude of an effort you know I was proud of it <laughs> you know so it's like and yes I am I I'm the same like yes this if you're if you're competent and multi-passionate and multi-skilled you know a lot of stuff if you know how to do a lot of stuff you know it feels good like <laughs> you know it's not yeah. such because it's not like a and a hundred percent horrible thing that you need to get over there like it has those addictive little qualities that's why i think it's it's an that's why it's a process you know and that's why every now and then you'll get yeah. like sucked suck back into it and that's why that 
you know, give yourself some kind, give yourself, you know, offer yourself the same kindness you have so readily available for everybody else. And, uh, but that do get into the habit of noticing, no, and notice it quicker every time. I think that's the best thing you can do. And, you know, and if it comes again, well, then it comes again. Like, we'll just kind of keep an eye on and make sure we don't go that far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, absolutely. You have to come at this with kindness. But as I always say, be kind to yourself, but not the kind that leads to excuses. Because the one thing that I want to finish on, because if you're listening to this and you're a coach, consultant, solopreneur, and you're wanting to build a sustainable business, you've got two hands and 24 hours. That's it. You've got a keen brain. You've got unlimited creativity and and you know, a, a, an inspiration. But the interesting thing about wanting to do it all yourself, I think you'd said this to me years and years ago, which was that level of fierce independence is a trauma response. Yeah. And it's taken me, and this, this fierce independence of having to, as you say, like, we're so proud that every ruffle that you've made of 50 dresses is all yourself. And yet you can't scale a business like that because you won't let go of it to train or to upskill other people to come in and to to learn that craft and that trade or to, to go forward. And that may not be your goal, as it were, you know, for the business to do that. But I think it's the it's it's the ultimate bottleneck and it's the ultimate sense of kind of control and pride that we are not humble enough to lay down those things that actually get in the way of really helping ourselves and humanity long term and if we don't do it with kindness and without judgment we will not be able to face it it's too hard to, to face with judgment we're not meant to face these things with judgment because I think it's the kind of kindness that that allows you to relax enough to allow the truth in um, to let go of what you don't need and what really doesn't serve you in the business and to allow the kind of help in that can um, that can can make all the difference. So I can't tell you what's going to happen at dinner time tomorrow because I'm still locked in the people pleasing of my family, but I will keep you updated as we go along. <laughs> so until next time, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. Visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.